0: Welcome to Dishing the Science with Dr. Sue. I'm your host, Dr. Sue Peterson. I'm a Canadian physician, a specialist in endocrinology and metabolism, and a diplomat of the American Board of Obesity Medicine. I draw on my over 20 years of clinical experience and my extensive research background to examine the complex issues surrounding weight management, diabetes, and overall health. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me on drsue.ca. That's drsu Sue.ca. Today we're talking about the five-year results from the direct clinical trial. Should this study cause us to direct patients towards lifestyle change alone in hopes of diabetes remission? So this is in follow-up to my blog post just a few days ago, and actually the direct trial was just published literally within hours of my blog post, so now I'm updating the discussion with these results. The global diabetes and obesity communities are in heated debate about the implications of this five-year study. So the original DIRECT study was a two-year randomized controlled trial assessing the efficacy of an intensive lifestyle program to induce remission of type 2 diabetes. The five-year observational extension results were published a few days ago in the Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology. The DIRECT study enrolled 298 adults in the UK with type 2 diabetes diagnosed for six years or less with a BMI of 27 to 45 and not receiving insulin for their diabetes. They were placed on a total diet replacement formula providing about 850 calories a day for 12 weeks, followed by stepped food reintroduction over six to eight weeks, then structured support for weight loss maintenance. A nurse or dietitian supported patients with 30 minute appointments every two weeks until food reintroduction was completed, and then ongoing monthly appointments for maintenance. After the two-year randomized trial was complete, 94 intervention participants continued into the the three-year extension with continued support with 15 to 30-minute appointments every three months." So the five-year results paper that was published a few days ago contains a lot of different calculations on remission rates with various denominators in their assessment. I'm not going to dissect these numbers in today's post. The bottom line is this. While 46% of people in the intervention group, that being 68 out of 149, were in diabetes remission at one year, only 7% of the original intervention group, or 11 out of 149 people, were in diabetes remission at the five-year mark the return of diabetes coincides with weight regain. While 61 people in the intervention group had lost at least 10 kilos or which is 22 pounds, at the one-year mark, only 21 people, or 14%, in the original intervention group were still at least 10 kilos down below their baseline weight at five years. We also have to remember that weight was self-reported in the extension study, and people tend to under-report their weight. When reviewing the results of the study, it's also important to note that people who participated in the five-year extension were self-selected, in that only those who remained engaged with the intervention at two years were offered enrollment in the extension study. The authors comment that the direct five-year program was designed to help people achieve and stay in diabetes remission entirely within routine primary care. While their protocol of visits every three months for years three to five may be feasible for some practices, I don't agree that their meal replacement protocol and the first two years of highly frequent visits is something that most primary care practices can accommodate. Again, at the end of the day, I am underwhelmed by the direct trial results the lifestyle intervention is not feasible for most clinics to support. While any time in diabetes remission is good for health as I previously blogged a few days ago and that link is in today's blog post very few are in remission long term the central issue here that isn't discussed much in the paper is that obesity is a chronic medical condition that goes hand in hand with type 2 diabetes in most cases it defies natural human biology to advise people to just keep on keeping on with lifestyle changes and there's more on why that is with two links in my blog post today as per our canadian obesity guidelines, diet and exercise are not treatments for obesity in and of themselves. The three pillars of weight management are psychological support, medications, and or bariatric surgery, and these help people to stick with healthier lifestyles. Think of it this way if you don't have any pillars to support the roof the roof is most likely to cave in the roof being the medical nutrition therapy and physical activity and there's a nice picture of that in uh, in my blog today in my opinion we would be remiss as healthcare providers to encourage people with type 2 diabetes down the path of a lifestyle program alone that this is not likely to be met with long-term sustained improvement in health it may set people up for a sense of failure And it doesn't take into account the holistic overall needs and care of people also living with obesity. Not to mention that there are important medications for diabetes that provide important protection of the heart and kidneys and can help people in their weight loss efforts as well, and a link to more information on that on my blog. I will never direct my patients, but I will continue to support them in a holistic way to advise them on the options, the data, and the science, and partner with each person to choose a care path that is best for them. That's all for now. Have a great day. doctor Sue Thanks for listening to Dishing the Science with Dr. Sue. For more information about current hot topics and science relating to obesity, diabetes, and overall health, check out the show notes for links and visit drsue.ca. That's D-R-S-U-E Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to this podcast on your favourite listening platforms. Medical discussion on this podcast is of a general nature only, not designed to give specific medical advice to individuals nor their individual healthcare providers, and is intended for a Canadian audience.